Hey everybody and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Buja, and joining me as always, the man with the plan, Mr. Alex, Alex Reveal. I hey. the gun again. No, it's okay. Sorry. It happens. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Alex, yeah. um, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, sir. Yeah. What, are you, what are you thankful for, Steve? Well, I am thankful for you for agreeing uh, to go on this little journey of mine. Uh, we started this back in... What was it April or May? We're about twenty-five episodes. This is episode oh, twenty-five right We're now. We're so young. <laughs> so much has <laughs> so much has changed. The world was a different place. Such We're a different, a better, gentler. a better place. We're um, Nazis, like literal <laughs> Nazis. Oh, that's gonna be it's gonna be a fun four years, isn't it? But yeah. Beyond that, beyond our desperation and despair, I am I am actually very glad to be doing this with you. You've you've been a great co-host. Uh, and I look you. forward to doing all the rest of these films with you. It's gonna be fun. I agree. This has been this has been a great journey. I have uh, I've, I'm enjoying revisiting my uh, beloved old films and revisiting uh, uh, and visiting some new ones. Which actually, it turned out uh, this film that we watched today, The Apartment. I thought I had seen it. I had <laughs> not. I, you know, it's funny how that happens. I feel like. I felt like I had seen it uh, as a kid with my parents, and I'm very glad that my parents didn't show this to me when I was a kid because this is not me a movie too. for children, children to watch. It is. It is. It is not. There were. There's a lot of stuff going on there, and I'm looking looking forward to getting into it. Uh, and I suppose we can just start right now. I think to me this, I'll I'll cop to the same same issue that I think I I feel like I maybe maybe did see this movie, mm-hmm. but if I had, it was. A really long time ago, and man, I was a different person. Mm. Or it, or it could also be one of those films that everyone says you have to see, you have to see, and you've seen. It. I've seen a couple things here and there, pieces of it, and, and so you natu- felt like you've seen it, and I felt like I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. And that happens. It's weird how memory works that sometimes. It is. It is strange, and it's uh, it's strange how the collective memory works sometimes because. Man, some of the stuff that we are allowed to get away with in 1960 is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. Have a, I'm glad we get into this. Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff in this movie. It's a weird. Can we start right off by saying? Yes. Like, I feel like this is a very weird choice for a a best picture winner. This is they they, they label it as a romantic comedy. It's kind of almost like it's like a 1960s American Pie or something. This is kind of like a frat boy comedy. Of the era. I mean, it's oh. not really. It doesn't get. Of course, it doesn't get like as graphic as things get. But this is basically, you know, the the boys' club comedy right. of yeah. its time. Yeah, it's it's Mad Men, but without any of the nuance or social commentary. It's just here's Don Draper being a kind of a, you know, I mean, Don Draper's a dick, but here's it, what, Draper, yeah. yeah, it's just without any without any thought. It's just the way things are. It's. it's such uh, the you know we've talked about sexual politics a lot on this podcast and Mm -hmm. the (laughs) sexual politics are just oh my god they are yeah they were uh they were very different back then just yeah this is definitely straight up uh you know from there's this uh party scene so it's well it's about a character who's a insurance guy in this office with hundreds of people and there's a party scene that's just yeah like you said it's like a madman scene without any of 
any of a commentary or any any awareness because yeah. it's just uh it's grabbing women and everyone boozing and smoking and you know doing everything making um, out just you know it was, yeah, the, yeah. It was the free yeah, will in, the free will in 60s it was basically yeah. that scene in although that like montage scene in the wolf of wall street or just, <laughs> except Face except is. except except toned down just right. a bit though not as much not as much money just not bit. as much money uh was, i just felt kind of <laughs> awkward watching this and was thinking this was the best movie of 1960 really mm-hmm. was it yeah. what else was nominated and we actually do know that and we are going to take a mm-hmm. very short break and when we come back we're going to see exactly why perhaps the apartment won over its competition I think I have a good reason why, but we will discuss it. So do stick around. We come now to the main course, and it couldn't be served more attractively than by a young star who is the West Coast distributor of charm, Miss Audrey Hepburn. Thank you for that lovely introduction, Bob. Audrey, how would you like to make a picture with me? I've had an offer to remake some of the old William Powell, Myrna Loy pictures. I think you'd be great, but I could never be as good as Bill Powell was. (laughs) I'm honored to present the award for the best motion picture of the year. The Academy members have nominated The Alamo, Batjack United Artist, John Wayne Producer, The Apartment, the Mirish Company, United Artists, Billy Wilder, producer. Elmer Gantry, Burt Lancaster, Richard Brooks, United Artists, Bernard Smith, producer. Sons and Lovers, Company of Artists, 20th Century Fox, Jerry Wald, producer. The Sundowners, Warner Brothers, Fred Zinnemann, producer. The Apartment, Billy Wilder. I mean, Jack Lemon is, he's grumpy old men. He's my fellow American. He's lovable, he's playful, and here he is, uh, he's, he's lovable and playful, yes, but there is some nuance and subtext going on here that is so creepy. And I, yeah. and I, and I know we need to talk about the, the, the nominees, but we were discussing this during the break, and oh my God, what, uh, what is it about seeing actors, seeing like, Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan and then seeing him younger playing a more complicated man. What is it about that? I don't know. It's strange because it's definitely we grew up watching. He was already old when we were watching his movies. So he was a different person almost. It's kind of interesting how he, he well, he, I mean, he's playing similar roles. He's always playing that kind of underdog. Right. Um, always. He's always kind of that guy. Um, but yeah, it, it's strange seeing him young and uh, much more attractive, and, and uh, you know, in a different light. Um, so it's it's always kind of it's same thing with uh, Shirley MacLaine, I, like uh, who you know his love interest in the film, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not much else. Uh, but um, <laughs> we'll get into, we'll get into that. We but uh, yeah, I mean, she's actually like you know she was a she was a she was a babe. She back was. Then. I don't, she was. She she's got really this was. little pixie haircut, and I—I uh, I mean, she always kind of had that short hair. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we don't, you know, we remember from all the other things that she did later on uh, in life, like in terms of endearment, all the other stuff. Uh, definitely don't think of her, you know, at at that age, you know, 
I don't know. It, it's it's yeah. It's strange. It's always strange to go back when you have a an image of an actor like that. Yeah, it's it's and strange to go back with anything. I can't think of my parents as younger people. They were right. all they were always this certain age or older. They were never younger. Jack Lemon was Jack Lemon was never younger than sixty five or however old he was when I first started when he first was making those comedies in the nineties and right. whatnot. Uh, it is just just very odd, charming, talented, funny. He's he's, he's a great guy, but. Let's get back to it. Uh, the Apartment won Best Picture in 1960. It also picked up five other Academy Awards with a total of ten nominations. The, it won, also won Best Director, Billy Wilder, who was coming off of Some Like It Hot. He had done, was it Double, Double Indemnity? And he, I think he won one other time as well. I am a lousy host because I don't, don't have that information right at the tip of my fingers. Uh, he, he also picked up Best Original Screenplay. Black and white art direction because that this was actually the last black and white film to win Best Picture, in which the world still was producing black and white movies. Obviously, Schindler's List would win in 1993, and then in 2011, The Artist would pick up Best Picture as a black and white yeah. film. However, those are very special exceptions done for a specific reason. This one was just done because yeah. hey, we're still making black and white movies. Yeah, by then though, it was already still. It was kind of. I mean, it was on its way out. I mean, the year before you had Ben Hur. I mean, this is you right. know we we we've done a bunch of the movies that were, that were beautiful <laughs> yeah. color films. There was no real reason except for maybe it's cheaper and it's easier to get into certain theaters. Yeah. Um, but and you know maybe people were more familiar with that process. Right. Um, if the, if, if, if there's also you don't need a 70 millimeter Panavision film when you're yeah. filming in tiny <laughs> ass New apartment. York apartments. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not that That's epic. You know, it, right. No, it's not at all. Yeah. And uh, and as with many of the Best Picture winners, it also scored a Best Film Editing uh, Oscar. Most of the films will at least get a nomination for that. And actually, a lot of them do win. But in addition to the five it won, it also was nominated for uh, five more. Uh, Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine picked up Best Actor and Best Actress nominations uh, you know, in their respective categories. Shirley MacLaine actually lost to Elizabeth Taylor for Butterfield Eight. Um, yeah, this was her third. She 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 got nominated what five times I believe. Um, something. She got a lot of best actress nominations. It's kind of a uh, yeah, but uh, she yeah no this was a uh, this was her second. I'm sorry, this was her second one. Um, but okay. she she racked up quite a few quite a Absolutely. few ones. She only won for uh for uh, Terms of Endearment. Well, you got to win for one, and we will talk yeah, we will talk okay. about that. At some other time, because that also won Best yep. Picture. Uh, in, uh, the apartment also grabbed Best Supporting Actor nomination for Jack Christian, who played the neighbor doctor character, the very Jewish <laughs> doctor, <laughs> <laughs> to the point of absurdity, actually. Right. Uh, and and finally, Best Sound Recording and Best Black and White Cinematography. So that's you know. Five out of ten, fifty percent. That's not a bad haul for any best picture. Certainly uh, higher than most, actually. The average, I believe, is around four. But mm-hmm. Alex, the apartment won. What did it beat? What other films were nominated? And there were a few other films. There's uh, none that have really stood the test of time. This is another year where you're kind of uh, unfamiliar with most of these. Uh, we have uh, Elmer Gantry. The um, Burt Lancaster film about the evangelists uh, yeah. going around small town America and uh, you know one of those like um, 
doing stuff. Uh, con artist things, yeah. Uh-huh. We have a uh, based on Sons Sinclair Lewis. Oh, right, yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, the other one was uh, actually a British film, Sons and Lovers, which yes is an Oedipal story. <laughs> uh, don't don't ask because yes, the movie Sons and Lovers is indeed literal. <laughs> Oedipal. Literal. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, hey, yeah. that's D. H. Lawrence for you, man. That's D. H. Yeah. Lawrence. That's a. And then we have the Sundowners. Uh, it's a uh, 1960 film about the Australian outback. Ooh. And uh, yeah, I've that's one I've never heard of. Never heard of it. I've maybe I think I've heard of Elmer Gantry. Just I don't yeah, know I've why. Yeah, I've heard of Elmer Gantry. I yeah. Well, I like Burt Lancaster, but yeah, I haven't heard the other ones. Uh, and, well, the the other final one, which which was kind of the most contentious, is the Alamo. Ah, the Duke. John, yes, John Wayne is directed and uh and starred and everything else um produce he did, he did everything for this film although right. uh there's also some there's a lot so there's a lot of interesting things about this film was because it was very critically and and audiencely that's not a word uh panned <laughs> and nobody 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 liked this movie um except apparently uh john wayne who was lobbying hard for the for the academy to to uh nominate this for everything and it, it seems like it worked he got seven nominations yeah, including best picture yeah, uh, and it did. It, it yeah. won a couple of technical awards. Right. Yeah, for the most part, though, it was it won. Uh, yeah, it, it won a couple of things. Uh, what did it get? But yeah, it lost for director, it lost for picture, it lost for supporting actor, it lost for score, yeah. it lost for original song. <laughs> it won for um, best uh, sound recording. Well, there That's you it. go. See, yeah, Wayne. Sometimes you do get what you want. <laughs> There was, a funny, there was a funny thing I was reading about this is apparently that um, while he was while he was filming it, John Ford showed up and started trying to direct <laughs> while, <laughs> while he was there. And he sent him off to do second unit footage, like just like sent him off to the wilderness to like go shoot footage. And apparently they, he never even used it. Oh. And so even though sometimes, <laughs> sometimes he's, he's credited as a, a co-director, even though apparently none of his footage made it into the film. Wow, um, that's funny. Which goes to show you like, boy, Jesus Christ, when John, when you don't accept John Ford's help with a film i yeah. know what you're doing right john ford that's four that's four-time academy award-winning director john yeah, ford I, like right uh, that's a yeah. very interesting story come on john wayne <laughs> it definitely one of it sounds like it was a very a big you know personal project of his i'm told yeah. the i'm told the final battle is actually kind of cool i've never i've never seen this yeah. version of the alamo i saw the one with um i'm surprised you do like those big battles i, I know you like do your big historical i do i like the, i like there was one starring billy bob thornton and dennis quaid and a bunch of other people that i remember enjoying i think i have it on dvd somewhere i picked it up for like two bucks and mm-hmm. uh, yeah it was it was fine and the, the story of the alamo is always a classic one but uh mm-hmm. perhaps one day i'll come back and see this movie but you can see the not... poster for this one if you haven't. Have you <laughs> I, seen the poster? I, it's like I have a great seen. white hero swinging a. Is he swinging the flag? Yeah. Oh no, he's swinging a, a burning torch, fighting off those. You know. Oh god. Yeah. It's it's a and it's got the the screen's twelve million dollar spectacle. Thousands in the cast. Years in the making. Oh, the mission that became a fortress. The fortress that became a shrine. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I I love me a good inspirational tagline. I just you know, I got a I got a that thing for those. <laughs> Yeah. They didn't know when to quit back on movie posters. No. They needed to fill every inch of it. It was wonderful. That's amazing. Okay, yeah. so I'm looking at this list, Alex. I'm not being. Yeah. I'm not totally impressed with the films that were nominated. Right. What I because, am impressed yeah. with, though, are the other movies that came out in 1960. Right. Can we? Can we? I mean, can we get? You know, let's get the elephant out of the room right yeah, away. Yeah, let's do it. Because there's do one it. film 
that deserved to be there, which was Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycco. It's one of those years. Like, how? How did that pass through? How they, did that pass through? They gave, they gave him, they nominated him for director. They gave, Hitchcock yeah. got a, one of his many nominations that he never won, and never it won, wasn't like Psycho changed the game and how you tell a story and how and it's to this day like I know what happens it's still suspenseful as all hell and yes there's like that five minute scene at the end that explains everything that's kind of tacked on and stupid but the rest of this movie is still amazing and you know I still got one of the most effective jump scares in in, in cinema history the far away oh my god it gets me I know what's coming and every single time it gets me every single time it makes me jump I've I've never seen a, a film that powerful yeah. Plus, I um, plus I don't think any of these any of these other movies have been turned into successful TV shows. I'm just, I'm just, just <laughs> or remade with the exact same script. <laughs> or yeah. Or you know, <laughs> talked about in film class and discussed. You know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, no, I it's mean, if you're going as far as, as far as uh, uh, what's held up the most, I mean, you can't. There's no other film that year that came out that's that's uh, been as revered or as uh, influential as Psycho. There's nothing. Um, agreed, agreed. I mean, that cha- right. it changed the whole genre. It changed everything. We, this is the start of the '60s. It, it, I mean, obviously, we still have a uh, you know, giant monster movie and stuff like this, but this is the start of a whole other kind of horror. This is the start of uh, this brings us into the '70s and later on, yeah. where it goes into a much more internal and um, fear of man versus a uh, uh, fear of what we can do. If that makes sense. Um, well, but yeah, I, it's it's uh, yeah, just a mission. Just oof. It's uh, yeah. It... They did very not a lot of love to Hitchcock, but oh, yeah, this is this is a yeah. glaring one. Psycho, you know, I not always the biggest fan of his films, I will admit, but Psycho is aces. It's really great. He, he's more, I mean, he's more mixed than people think because a lot of people have only seen like the the biggest, most famous one. He's done a lot of movies, and a lot, there are not a lot that that are classics. I feel I feel like many of his are. Uh, I'll still I love I, even some of the ones I feel like are unfairly maligned. I like like the birds is like a perfect horror film. It's so it's ominous great. and soul crushing and awesome. <laughs> and I love I love Rear Window. I love North by North Northwest. And I'll be getting into all that later. But um, yeah, just uh, oh god, psycho. Uh, just yeah. just if. Mm. <laughs> That's that no, that's that's perfectly well said. But also in 1960, uh, you had Stanley Kubrick's Spartacus. Mm-hmm. Another great film. Uh, just yep. that also that also has some pulp, pop culture, you know, longevity to it. With the whole oh, everyone, yeah. everyone Absolutely. says I'm Spartacus, I'm Spartacus, and it's Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> like, right. like the directors of some of these movies on my list are insane. Uh, okay, well, all right. Yeah, and and it, he did not. He did not get a nomination for that though. No, no, he did not. Uh, um, got a couple acting they, nominations. They got a couple. I got supporting, yeah, supporting actor. Yeah, I got Peter Usanov won for best supporting actor, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now let's see other fun movies: The Magnificent Seven, the original remake mm-hmm. of Seven Samurai, classic. Inherit the Wind, uh, supposed to be a fan- fantastic movie. But the movies that really impressed me in 1960 are actually not English movies; they are the foreign mm-hmm. films. You have The Virgin mm-hmm. Spring, which by Ingmar Berman yeah. won best foreign film. Godard's Breathless, one of the greatest films of all time. And then, right. to top yeah. it off that, Federico Fellini comes out and says, you know what, I'm going to release La Dolce Vita, another one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> I, this was just in 1960. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. It's, um, yeah, it's... It, was a, it was a good year for art house, thinking man cinema. Psycho, Spartacus, those three films. Uh, and 
But uh, Alex, was it also good? What was the horror like in 1960? It was actually pretty lame for horror. There, besides Psycho, sorry, Psycho was definitely the big, the big standout. We had uh, there's a couple other ones. There's The Village of the Damned, which is a pretty good film. Um, we had the original Little Shop of Horrors, that was oh. the, uh, the Roger Cor- Roger Corman version. Classic. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of things. Uh, there was a, some like a uh, Hammer stuff, I believe, was getting started, but uh, no, not not a whole lot. Not a whole lot of horror movies. Uh, 1960. It was a uh, kind of more. It was leaning towards still the sci-fi giant, you know, creatures kind of thing. It's like the Leech Woman and um, yeah. well, we had like the Time Machine. Actually, that was that that, that actually holds up. That okay. actually, you know what? That movie actually kind of really messed me up as a child. I've never <laughs> seen it. Never saw the Time no. Machine. It was actually. It's kind of uh, goofy now, but it's one of those ones that kind of a guy I saw at the perfect time with the creepy oh, yeah. Morlocks. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's held up better than most, but it's it's pretty silly. Um, yeah, no, actually, pretty pretty lame year for genre films. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of Psycho, I mean, I guess when you get Psycho, you don't need much else. Definitely not. When uh, when you when you when nineteen sixty hit, it it really hit big. So it makes me question what the Academy was doing. These other films they just seem so safe and yeah. boring even yeah. the apartment it's it's one of those ones i i get into this later but i just don't understand uh why this one in particular mm. spoiler uh, alert but neither do i <laughs> neither do i actually i i of the yep. of the four other films of the five, five total films i guess the apartment probably stands out but does the apartment stand out only because it won best picture like that's that's that's, that's a question they, I want to know. Is it like do I, I mean, do we know this movies, because it is that good? I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, the, the only reason some of these movies are still around on DVD and everything is because they're Academy Award winning. If Elmer Gantry was, we'd be talking about that right now, and it probably would have known it a lot better. Probably. Um, it's kind of interesting how it's it does shape history as as you know critical as we are of these awards. Um, yes, and we do have sets... many things to say about it, but it you know people remember these. Yeah, for better or worse. Exactly. And I feel like I mean I'm I'm still surprised how many of these are available because some of the, I feel like some of these movies are lost to time and never replicated mm-hmm. and don't get like you know Blu-rays or DVDs or put on digital right now, um, whatever the newest format is. Um, but for the most part, all of these have been, and I I that's pretty much the reason I feel is you have to have the best picture movies if you have it in your library. You got to throw it on a uh, whatever the newest format is. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting. So it's kind of saved these films in a way. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. And uh, which is it's a shame that this is what it takes to save them because all right. films should be saved because yeah. you can learn something from everything. Even the schlockiest, most terrible 1960s horror film may have something in it. And it's oh, all film God. is a result of a collaborative effort that people put their time and passion into. And it that deserves some sort of memorial to it, whether that's just the yeah. VHS that doesn't get rented in the back of a video store or all the accolades in the world. Somebody should be there to remember yeah. this stuff because we've lost so much, especially from this time, we've lost so much. So many black and white films are gone. We're losing stuff now, too. It's it's kind of crazy to think about how many movies are not making it past VHS and how many thousands of movies are yeah. just never getting a, a new release and not getting um, you know, replicated digitally. Um it's kind of yeah, it's kind of scary. But and there are so many. I mean, if we talk about the you know the early days of cinema, there are movies, entire movies that just don't exist anymore because they they don't have prints. But it seems like every time there is a new format, um, there's some that are left behind. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it is kind of depressing. It's very sad, and it is a conversation <laughs> for another day. However, we have to 
take a short break because when we come back, we are going to get into Billy Wilder's. Let's go find, the, find out what's going on in that apartment. We will go find it in that apartment. We're gonna we're gonna pay some rent and then we're gonna come back and. Well, I guess we're just gonna talk about it then. Segway. I'm leaving now. I went through exactly <laughs> the same thing myself. You did? Well, maybe not exactly the same. I tried to do it with a gun. Over a girl? Worse than that. It was the wife of my best friend. And I was mad about it. But I knew it was hopeless, and I decided to end it all. I went to a pawn shop, and I bought a forty-five automatic, and I drove up to Eaton Park. You know Cincinnati? No, I don't. Well, anyway, I parked the car, and I loaded that gun. You read in the papers all the time that people shoot themselves. Believe me, it's not that easy. I mean, how do you do it? Here? 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 You know where I finally shot myself? Where? Here. In the knee? While I was sitting there trying to make up my mind, a cop stuck his head in the car because I was illegally parked, and I tried to hide the gun under the seat, and it went off. Oh, that's terrible. It was a year before I could bend the knee. But I got over the girl in three weeks. Still lives in Cincinnati. Has four kids and gained 20 pounds. Sends me a fruitcake every Christmas. Are you just making this up to make me feel better? Of course not. Here's the fruitcake. Do you see my knee? No, thank you. If that was in the office, might get the wrong idea how I found out. Hey, <laughs> let him. Look, I'm going to cook dinner for us tonight. You have the fruitcake for dessert. You just sit there and rest. You've done enough for today. Alex, for those who are listening and who have not seen The Apartment, what is the film about? The film is by uh, starring Jack Lemmon. He plays a man named Cece, who's a office drone at this insurance company. With he's like you know shown in this uh what is on the fifth floor with hundreds and hundreds of employees. He's just a small man in a in a big pool. And uh, he's he's working his way up in a kind of unconventional way, and that's by renting out his uh, his nice uh, sixty what's sixty first street? What, what where does he live? He lives in Manhattan. It's, yeah, it li- in the sixties. Uh, is it on the west side or the east side? I forget. He's the upper west side. It's, he's it's, on the yeah, upper so west side. Like, yeah, sixty. He's oh, it's yeah. like sixty first and sixty something. Yeah, eighth. And uh, so he's got yeah. a nice nice uh, nice apartment over there. And what he he's does got is a he very nice apartment. Very nice apartment, and uh, he rents it out to a bunch of managers who uh, bring all their girlfriends there to cheat on their wives. And he's basically he has a flop house out of his apartment, and um, a couple of nosy neighbors are concerned about this. Uh, think that he's a playboy himself, but he's just actually kind of hopeless uh, idiot, pretty much. And um, he's he's yeah, he's a schmuck. And he falls in love with the elevator operator called Fran, who's uh, played by Shirley MacLaine. And so uh, then finds out that, you know, ends up finding out that she's uh, involved with his boss. Um, he's he's working his way up the company by, you know, renting out his, <laughs> his thing and then finds out that she's involved with that as well. And turns to a whole thing. And uh, it's it's yeah, it turns. So, you know, he's trying to trying to get her while. Well, she's uh, trying to f- I, she doesn't really seem like she's doing much. I don't know. I, I'm not really it's... a big fan of her. Me neither. She's, so Alex, she's not developed at all. The <laughs> yeah. Alex, she's just she's just the prize that they're all vying for. Yeah, there's no reason there no is. Rhyme uh, oh yeah, it was so bad. Like I was thinking, we are just before the feminist like wave of motion picture heroines like really starts. It like even uh, Janet Lee in Psycho, I feel like she had more agency than this, and she dies like a third of the way through the movie <laughs> right. here. Here, actually, no. Rob the bank. Yeah. Here, <laughs> you make a, here you make an excellent point that, like, oh yeah, she does. Like, 
there is no third option for Fran right now. She is either going to be with Fred McMurray, who plays J.D. Seldrake, the boss, the, uh, the person, big, the big yeah, boss, basically, the personnel, like the, the personnel boss, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or C.C. Baxter, played by Jack Lemmon. There's no way. Like, I wanted her to say, like, you know what? Screw these men. I'm right. like, I'm getting the hell out of here. Because yeah, I can do whatever I want. There are so many men. There's so many dudes in Manhattan. <laughs> like you could, or you just go anywhere. You just like you, you, you take that and you own that. You go through some shit, and she goes through some shit, and you just wear that as a, your armor, and that's how you get through because you don't need either of these guys. One of them is terrible. One of them is probably going to grow up to be terrible because I know the I, I know the path that that Jack Lemmon is going to take. Terrible. I mean, yeah, Jack Lemmon's character, CC, is basically an, like a uh, men's rights act. Yes, uh, I wrote that down. He, you know what? Yeah, he's, he even has the fedora. The he even has the fedora. <laughs> he gets the he fedora. Does. He's like, "Hey, how's how do you like this fedora?" And he's not even paying attention to her. I'm like, "Oh my god, this guy yeah. is impossible." He, he's terrible. The first time he like talks to her, that like by themselves, he starts talking about like, "Oh, I looked into your file. I know where you live. I know your height. I know your weight. I know your everything about you. I know that you got your appendix out." And she's and she's like, "Okay with that." She's like, oh, "Okay, this yeah, guy's just this, stalked me and looked up everything is, about me." That is red it's, flag right there. You say, right. "No, I can't do this anymore." You That's it. like you you change you like change your apartment <laughs> for this it's because like it's weird. Like the nice guy. Um, oh, I'm just a nice guy. No, you're a fucking creepy, like a creepy loser, loner, weirdo. This is not so the. Pe- this is why women don't like you. You're. It's not. You're not the nice guy. This is not right. being a nice and guy. But and, he is like trying to be that character, and it's like so yeah. typical of that. And you know, and you know, and the and the people back then, not to disparage the the, the greatest generation or the boomers or what, always disparage the boomers. They were they were fine with this. This was just the way yeah. things were, and so it was charming. And fun, and look how dedicated he is to, you know, this his job or liking her. He looks up for his file, her file, and yeah, I just the whole time it's like it's it's all built on such a creepy house of cards. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I give the movie props for just like immediately starting with him already in the mid- middle of this scheme he's got going. Yeah, That's he's been one obsessing of- over her for quite a while. It's a, it's really soonly, it's. It- immediately apparent that as soon as he talks to her like oh yeah he's actually been pining after this woman for a long time and kind of uh, slowly drawing his plans to a close uh, and right. it's really creepy yeah. the more you think about it the more you're like this is not a this is not a nice guy this is a kind of weirdo and right. the fact that he's doing you know he's trying to get up in the company too by by renting by his d- room out not through not, the, not through hard work or persistence right. no. or anything no, no it's no, by no, no. It, it's not, got nothing it, else going for him and not even renting nothing. not even renting no. It does yeah, not well, seem like it. No, it does not seem like there's any money exchanged. It's just for the potential oh, right. for That's favors. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Just the potential yeah, for even, favors. He's even supplying them like booze and and snacks and stuff. And he's uh you know asking them, oh you know you're gonna pay me back. And they're like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we'll get we'll get back to you. Don't worry about that. So they're they're using him. Yeah. And and there's a there's a you know there's a there's a little talk about like the givers and the takers kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. There's definitely a talk about that how they you know they're they're considered uh, they're they're just getting it. They're not giving it. Um. But, you know, I don't know. Those guys are just walking all over him. And it's funny how he feels like he's, even at the end, he feels like he used them to to get to what he wanted. But no. Right. But no, well, he lost his job. He barely gets the girl. Um, Yeah, he he, he was, I think, in the, in the, uh, in the, I'm going to call them the neo-Nazi parlance because I refuse to say the AR word. He is a, uh, he is a beta cuck. 
to mm-hmm. all of the alpha, whatever the, the hell the opposite of that is, to the managers uh, who are just who, who are who are just who are just using him, yeah. and just you know stringing along him on with this with this this carrot that they may or may not ever give. I think they only give it because the the, the biggest alpha dog finally gets in on the action and decides yeah. to reward his little little disciple there, and it's it's and, a gross you know, movie. Backfires, and when he finds out that that uh, Sheldrake, uh, he's uh, seeing Fran, the girl that he's, right. he's pining after, and she leaves behind a mirror that he he realizes is hers, and he has a horrible realization, and everything breaks down around him, even right. though you know she wasn't his, and she likely wasn't ever going to be, but you know in his mind he thought he thought right. that, and, and that's, why? Uh, everything... And why? Because he was nice to her. Because he just because right. he was the only nice one. Sir. Because and I think she even he took says off she, his hat in the elevator. Yeah, he's the only one he's who took off his right, hat. He was the gentleman. Only one. And you know, I, I, I would I would bet in the modern day he would say, "Oh, friend, milady," and just yeah, t- yeah, tip yeah. his hat off oh, in some douchebag way. He would if if he had found the internet, he would have been terrible. He would have been awful. He would have been like I had. He would have so many accounts. He'd be oh, all over those websites. God. Oh god, he he'd be harassing women left and right. He would be he couldn't he, get what yeah. he wanted. He would be he would be Airbnb being his place. Yeah. For, specifically <laughs> for this purpose, just to everybody, just like yeah, this is this is my flop house. It's fine. Just rent it for a few hours. It's cool, man. No, like no, I wouldn't actually mind seeing a remake of this movie, but as a, like a kind of almost like a horror movie or or. A, um, Updated for the modern audience at the very yeah, least, with a, with it could work. Anti-hero. Yeah. yeah, and and yet, and yet, because it's played by Jack Lemmon, who is right, so he's charming. Likeable. He's so likable. I like, and he has he has an excellent gift for physical comedy. I love when he's like, mm-hmm. he's pick, he's getting out the tissues that he used, and he like accidentally sprays the bottle of uh, nasal con- decongestant. Right, like just his he's, face. He's, he's, people, like, he uses his face as a you know he's hilarious. Like he's he great. is a funny guy. He's he's yeah. a funny guy. The character is not like I want. Like there are times I'm like, oh, I'm rooting for this guy, but the whole thing that it's based on, I can only go so far with him, and that is solely because Jack Lemmon is so charismatic. And you know, yeah. and, and it's um, it's a that's a testament to the studio style where they got stars and they made them. Jack Lemmon is a star. Mm-hmm. He's like Charlie Chaplin. He's got this great yeah. physical presence, and is also like handsome and charming. And uh, it, it's I, just, I just wish his character was nicer, or he was like getting <laughs> he's getting like. There was some like maybe he didn't have a choice to do this, but it seems like he entered into this agreement on his own accord, and it's yeah, he didn't. The whole thing. It's, it's not like people are just like, hey, can I use your apartment? And obviously, he he he. It, we don't get into how uh, how it happened, but it's obvious that he was using it. It seems like he had this in his mind the whole time, because he realizes there's no other way out from this this horrible life that he's led himself into. Right. It it uh, was it was not very flattering to 1960s, 1950s, post-war corporate america just like you like yeah. those shots of all these people just in rows and it's rows horrifying. of deaths just the dehumanized like mess. offices are are bad <sighs> these are, it's just like just rows of desks and like you know just 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 oh how many like, like hundreds and hundreds of people on just one floor nothing else yeah there. it took uh, like, uh, like 30 30,000 people at an insurance agency everyone's yeah. smoking everyone's drinking yeah. engaging illicit affairs it's uh it's uh it's it's you know like again, I'm going to go back to Mad Men. Mad Men does it better because I think because we've had the well, we've had the yeah, 50 that's... years of awareness of how like man things were kind of awful. Yes, we had the counterculture in the 60s, but 
man, look at how yeah. look at how we treated women. Look how we treated minorities. The two African American characters yeah. are a janitor and a shoe shine. Neither of them have lines. There's one Asian character. He oh no, maybe two Asian characters, and one of them plays the piano at the Chinese restaurant that J.D. Sheldrake brings all of his girlfriends to because of course he has many girlfriends and it's it's like it's just all the men are terrible at least in Mad Men the guy they felt like they had there was some nuance and Roger was he was kind of a jerk and Don was a jerk but they you know there were other they had other values here just like these guys are defined by their illicitness their affairs and it's Nobody's nobody's fine in this movie. Just nobody's a good no. character. No, nobody. Maybe the neighbors because they're actually caring. <laughs> the doctor yes. and his wife okay. are the yes, only the actual decent people because they're good neighbors and they help out uh, a neighbor in need and don't really give them any crap. So, so okay. So, well, the big thing that that's actually kind of surprising for a movie of this era and for a, a so-called romantic comedy is that it deals pretty heavily in suicide. Like yeah. that's one of the major themes. There in are this film. two scenes of it. There are two, two yeah, of it. and, it's, and it's crazy. a lot. No, more than actually more than they talk. Well, because they talk about the you know both of them try to off themselves in a, in a way, and they're, they're they're both scared that they're uh, the other one is going to kill themselves. Yeah. Um, and um, what happens is um, Fran really does try to kill herself. She she um, she takes a whole bottle of pills after. Uh, in in she doesn't know it's his it's uh, Cece's apartment, and she takes a whole bottle of pills, and he ends up coming home and finding her like that, and. Uh, having to get the doctor to help her puke it all up and stay awake. And it's, it's actually like, it's played for laughs, but it's not very funny at all. It's It's actually kind of horrifying how, yeah, how the suicide is depicted with this. And I I feel like anyone watching it now, it just, it's, it sends all the wrong kind of messages to anybody who would have those kind of thoughts because it's, it, it really is played for, for laughs. It's almost like, you know, it's part of the comedy, but but it's not, it's nothing really funny about it. I mean, anything can be funny in the right circumstances. Don't get me wrong, but uh, there's nothing. It's just you know, it's a, a sad woman who was thrown away by her her lover. Find out like you know, she's a, one of like a hundred <laughs> women right. that this guy has, and uh, and, and he pay, he pays her. He just like he's like I didn't right. get you a gift, he so here's a hundred bucks. Oh. Yeah, and, and then and, she yeah, and, and then there's like yeah, so and then so he um he get he basically like nurses her back to health. CC, uh, you know, in, in his apartment, and um, shares the story of his his hilarious story about when he tried to shoot himself, and it ended up shooting himself in the leg because a cop pull, a cop stopped him, which I don't know how he got out of that one. Like I don't know how he got away from that cop. He's <laughs> a white guy. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> they just do that left and right, right? This is fine. Um, yeah, but so yeah, so they have like a lot of a uh, suicide talk, and both of them are are scared both of them have a scene where where they're afraid that the other one has just killed themselves or is in the process of killing themselves right um and that's the basis of their romantic relationship i think i think i think this is going to work out really well for them it's it's gonna be oh it's gonna be terrible they're gonna end up like you know sitting in a car with the running in a garage yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's it's see that's you can make it funny but no it's it's yeah it's not it's not a fun time movie it's not a not a good romantic comedy it's not it's not what you expect from a, this kind of film um it's, it's there's a lot of like melodrama there's a lot of uh, all, all these like heavy subjects but it's not treated with as such so it's very strange yeah um it, it, i wonder how much accounts for the time period just it was the 1960s yeah maybe we yeah. like maybe we were only not that ready for 
serious talk about suicide because you know, like it's a it's a serious subject thing, and I yeah. can't recall. I'm just like, and I'm sure I'm sure there is. I'm just blanking right now. Where a movie, you know, tackles suicide in this way, like especially an unsu- especially an unsuccessful one, and mm. the, and the, it's just it's. It seems like it's a. It at the time was a, also a very radical thing to do, and I know I like I certainly know that Fred McMurray got he got crap for for do, for playing such a, a a shitty human being and everybody. Yeah, you know, every like. And, I mean, he's good in the movie though. I mean, like he he's I mean, yeah, playing yeah. a complete terrible person, but as as far as him like his character, he you know his character makes sense. His character right. is one of the few that does make sense, and <laughs> actually I, I almost more connect to his character because it's like you know that he's just unhappy with his life and trying to reach out in any other way and just trying to find different women to yeah, make him happy yeah. and he has the money and he does it and it makes it makes sense for the character um it he does. doesn't realize how how horrible uh it is to the people that he's, he's he doesn't yeah. realize the people he's mistreating yeah, the because he's he using. doesn't he doesn't think of them as people he's right. thinking that they're right. just another in a long line the same and, 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 and the and thing it, and the it thing makes is sense for that that you know the head of this company this manager to do that like it's like jack lemon is just a just a piece of shit and for what to, to better himself? It, it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't, right. doesn't ring true. And, and, and Jack Jack Lemon treats you know she treats Fran like an object. They're when all right, yeah. so Fran's just oh, got Fran, Fran's gotten this big bombshell that she is one of a long line of mistresses to uh, to Sheldrake, and Jack Lemon does could not give a shit about her. He's got this new hat. This new fedora <laughs> that he just has to show off. He can, you can see that Fran is just so distraught, and he is just yeah. talking like he yeah. is the only dude in the room. Because for all intents and purposes, he is, because he is a straight white cisgendered male who's got all the privilege. Because it's 1960s post-war America, and who's gonna fuck with him besides other white dudes? And it. Right. He just and it, he just goes on and on, and everyone gets, all the women get just reduced to caricatures. Shirley MacLaine, to her credit, does what she can with this. I appro- she does. She's she, good. Yeah, she, she's great. She's nothing, great. There's, there's nothing not, to the role. There really is. There's there's, there's there's some stuff post suicide that I think is very interesting because you know she tries to off herself, and then there's. A moment where she almost wants to get back with Sheldrake, and I thought that was actually kind of interesting. Just yeah. you know, because in a, I think in a different different movie or a modern movie, it would be like she's done with him, and that's mm-hmm. it. And I'm never going back. But here, there's some genuine inner conflict in her, but it ultimately doesn't amount to anything because it's still just she has to she has to pick between one or the other, and that right. And you, I just feel like there's so much more potential for her character there. Just being this, like she's a single, she's a young single woman in New York City that has to be, has to account for something, has to amount to something more than just trying to find a man, which is mm-hmm. ultimately what what happens. End up playing gin well, and we, yeah, yeah. Well, he he professes his uh, love, to Cece professes his love to her, which is one of those like remarkable things. Cause it's like you still don't know this person at all just because you hung out with her in a room for a couple days, right? Um, and and she doesn't she doesn't respond in kind, but she you know, she still keeps playing with him. She keeps playing along. Um, it would be kind of nice though if at the end she's like, Nah, you know what? I don't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that into you. <laughs> like you know, I'm gonna go find another elevator to operate somewhere right. else in the city. Oh, but God, uh, get, of... get slapped on the ass by everyone else uh, and have to deal with all the other guys. You know, like she does in her office right there. Right. Oh, 
Oh, it's it's it's, it's speaking of. Uh, I was reading about this. There was a scene. There's an unnecessarily long scene where the doctor, this you know, the great guy played by Jack Christian, he's trying to revive Fran from post, you know, from from the uh, from, from, from the suicide attempt, and he is slapping the shit out of her. Oh, he's just he is, he is yeah. he's like total open fist just wailing on her and i was like a jackie chan movie he's yeah. just smacking the hell this is our second martial arts film he's <laughs> just beating the he's hell out be- of her and and i and I've, I've i've read a story where they had actual emts or doctors on set to be like and, yeah. and they were like no you have to hit her harder and i was like <laughs> what how is that fu-? and so and like i get that okay maybe he was going half force for the sake of you know, it's you know, it's, Shirley, it's Shirley MacLaine. We got to do, maybe got to do more takes. And apparently, like, oh, it's fine because like it's it's not really that awkward because you know technically you're supposed to hit her harder and that's fine. But it it's still he just he wailed on her for a good like thirty seconds to a minute yeah. or so. Just and you're like, all right, dude, we get it. You know, Billy Wilder, you can you can cut the camera now. Like you don't have to keep <laughs> yeah. doing we this. Know, we it's, know what's going on. We don't. We, what we is get she it. Being punished could, for. Like right. you could, like, it almost feels like she's being punished. That's what it felt like. It yeah. almost like felt like it's like why she just she's trying to commit suicide because because she tried to commit suicide. She's being punished uh, for that. That's why it's <sighs> selfish. It's, it's she's, yeah, so she's that, a selfish. That, that, well, that that just shows you about the uh, you know uh, the, the the politics of a uh, suicide. Uh, that the thoughts about you know like watching it now. It's a little disconcerting. Uh, what what we know about people who are suicidal, like like this is not a movie you watch if you're suicidal. This will not help in any way, shape, or no, form. No, a lot. Um, so this not is... quell your feelings or, or make you consider different things. This will just yeah. kind of almost feed into it. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. This yeah, the su- you know, she tries to commit suicide, and everyone's concerned about how Sheldrake is, like how yeah. he's going to yeah. deal with this. That is not the yeah. right you, way to go. Do you want to say anything to her? Go ahead, say something to her. Like that—that's the big thing that uh, CC is trying. He's always trying. He's trying to get her to him to make her feel better. It's like, dude, you're right there. Just you know, you're. What are you doing? Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. Alex, we've yeah. been we've been okay. We've been definitely getting into the the gender politics. Uh, let's just take it back to the little bit of the movie. Did you find yourself laughing at times? Like, was it genuinely funny at times? And not ha ha funny. No, I don't think it was like a. It's not. It's not. It's amusing at points. It's not. It's definitely not a laugh. I don't think I laughed out loud once. Now I think about it. Like mm-hmm. I, I maybe smiled a few times. It's definitely not a funny movie. I wouldn't consider it for a comedy. <laughs> um, yeah. Now I think about it. I don't think I really like laughed at all. It wasn't like what did we watch like Annie Hall or something like that that we watched. I was like cracking up yeah. the whole way through. Um, yeah, it's not a particularly funny comedy it's not a particularly romantic romance it's, it's uh, really neither of those things and dark and and uh long too can we talk about it? it's a two hours and five minutes and it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be. it felt that, that a little long it because it made its point by like minute 40 like what, <laughs> what how did you know after the suicide it's like okay you know how much more do we need to drag this on there's not really much uh, the, the characters don't have much of an arc past that. It's like we know where the characters have gone, and it just kind of drags along to kind yeah, of because we have to get them together somehow through yeah some various contrived, machinations, some yeah. contrived bullshit. Yes, yeah. I I, I I found myself you know smirking, and it was at, at there were times when Jack Lemmon was on screen. And I think it was just him. 
where it was i was like i thought this is actually kind of warm and fun and you know it's like i could almost forget all the terrible stuff that was happening around what it's about yeah what it's actually yeah. about uh but as yeah, definitely to your you know your claims of it not being romantic it is not that romantic it is uh really creepy it's about a pseudo stalker who basically ascend- pseudo. Well, yeah, a stalker. Well, he's a stalker who keeps a woman technically against her will in an apartment yeah. for two days doesn't, doesn't let her talk to anybody <laughs> the more the more i think about it the more i i have more issues I, I like i wrote a bunch down right. i'm like oh god there's even more um yeah oh yeah but okay alex i, I do have some fun facts okay. for us so we we can we can okay. close this out on some well, actually it's amusing but it's also rage inducing uh okay. so CC he is paying eighty five dollars a month for his apartment. It went up from eighty because his landlady had to just uh, add. She added an AC unit or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so eighty five dollars. So eighty five dollars a month. Wouldn't that be awesome to have that kind of rent? Well, that was eighty five in nineteen sixty. In two thousand sixteen dollars, his rent in that really nice apartment. Okay, granted, it needs some upgrades. And I get that. The fridge is kind of bad. It definitely needs a new stove because you would clearly try and kill yourself. Yeah, every stove. time you have to light it with you a match. To light it with a match. That That's really and bad. She didn't realize that. And she and he, he was worried. She was trying to gas herself. Right. And uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, in $2,016, $85 a month is $694.15 per month for rent. Ooh. 61st Street, West Side, Manhattan. <laughs> impossible he's living on his <laughs> own you cannot find yeah, yeah. that first of all living anymore. by yourself in manhattan is pretty impossible unless uh, unless he was the manager like he would not be a drone living on six in street drone. um but, man God, what's the rent over there now it's got to be three grand at least about, right? at, at least at least and you you need four roommates it's a it's yeah ridiculous nobody lives in manhattan I don't know anybody outside of uh, new york nobody actually lives in manhattan that's true. There's nobody. No, there, there's some. There's some. A couple of still places that people yeah. actually live, uh, but they're they're slowly getting, yeah, getting pushed you know, out. Like well, you know, Washington Heights Inwood, way up yeah. in two hundred in the two hundreds. Technically Manhattan. Yeah, but, but still it's, not. It's not really the Manhattan you think of. Uh, and okay, and another thing. So, but his salary, ninety four seventy, I believe it was approximately. That is seven hundred seventy three dollars and thirty seven cents a week, which is not. Which is about three grand a month. So you know it's fine. He was making middle class wages and living on the uh, living in West Sixty First. I mm-hmm. I don't think that's possible anymore. No, you moved out to okay. Jersey because it's cheaper there. Yes. Like it, like even Queens <laughs> is expensive now. Queens, yeah. nobody goes okay, to Queens. I, I, uh, I am currently looking up uh, rents for the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> There's a two bedroom for forty two fifty on uh, West Sixtieth. Nice Ooh, apartment. Forty two fifty. There's forty. Yeah. There's oh. There's one for a cheap thirty thirty five eighteen. What the hell is that about eighteen? On uh, the sixteenth floor of uh, West Sixtieth Street. Uh, there is a nice six thousand dollar apartment and a one bedroom for uh on <laughs> six one bedroom six thousand uh, on sixty second. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, <laughs> Manhattan. The prices have not. Uh, They've changed a little from inflation. They have indeed. Oh, God. <laughs> well, 
renting in Manhattan is uh, is a sucker's game, apparently, unless you are one of those rich kids, trust funds, or you marry someone who's really rich as well. I highly recommend that. It's a great life plan. Definitely endorsed by me. Alex, uh, we've talked a lot about the yeah. apartment. Uh, I think I know what you're going to say, but w- did the Academy make the right choice in picking this movie no. as Best Picture? <laughs> Before I even uh, finish that. Yeah, no, no, I don't <laughs> think so. I, I haven't seen the other movies. I don't like this movie that much at all. I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. I don't think it works. Uh, I don't know if it worked maybe back then when uh, when it first came out. But even mm-hmm. even still, it's just not there's not much to it. It's not there's not much nuance. It's it's kind of really uh, inappropriate in the way it handles some pretty heavy subjects. I don't think uh, anyone gets anything from watching it. <laughs> I'm not. I would say no. Wow. Okay. Uh, not really much to add. Yes. Uh, back in back in 1960. Sure. Maybe this was charming. Maybe this had. A lot of laughs to it. It has not aged well. It's uh, regressive. It's not as funny as I think it is. Maybe it's a little smart. There's some good mo- like I like the the bits where it's focused on the items, the mirror and the key. That's those are actually well done directorially. But the rest of it, it's there's this layer of grime over the film that I it can never quite shake. No matter how charming Jack Lemon is, and he's very charming. And it, it's now it it's so. It's, it's not like that bad. fun New York City grime. It's not it's the not, fun. Not it's that... this weird morally reprehensible grime that you can't right. shake off. It's not pleasant. It's degrading, and I. Sure, it's not, Trump grime. It's tr- it's Trump grime. Boom. There you go. I like that. We are moving on. So, Alex, do you have the die? Yes. Okay. I do. Two of them, in fact. Okay. Well, so, you roll that up, and we're going to see what movie we're going to talk about next week. All right. I feel like we're going to start hitting more of the same ones. Uh, 78. That's Deer Hunter. Yep. Let's see. Yep, oh, no. Did. That's 1970. Wait, wait. That's not 1978. Hold on. Not no, 78. Oh, no. It's crashed. Crash. Holy crap. <laughs> Roll it again. Roll these dice. These dice are the worst. Uh, okay. 50, 50, 56 terms of endearment. How perfect is that? Really? We were just talking about oh, that. Oh, yeah, Okay. So we're getting the uh, Shirley MacLaine uh-huh. double feature. 1983 wow. Best Picture winner, Terms of Endearment, directed by James L. Brooks, starring Shirley MacLaine. And was Jack Nicholson's in this one, too. He is. He is. And He's so a... is Danny DeVito, Jeff Daniels, John Lithgow. It's a pretty, uh, you pretty know, good cast. I've, ne- I've never seen it. I don't believe I have either. I, I, Yeah, I don't think so because I was one when it came out, and I don't think I was the kind of teen to watch Terms of Endearment. No, it's, <laughs> not, was, it's, this... not, it's not the kind of movie I would watch from, like, well, viewing no, Time Cop there, or there whatnot. There weren't too many lasers in this, I don't believe. Oh, if, or oh man, if only there were. If we'll we'll only... find out. Who knows? Maybe, th- maybe there are. I don't. Yeah, we'll, we will find out. So, ladies and gentlemen, present <laughs> Deborah Winger, Shirley MacLaine that's, laser battle. That's it. Deborah Winger. Uh, it, it must. In my mind, it does. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this has been the apartment episode of Oscar Watch. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you hear, you can drop us a line at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at oscarwatchpod and feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. Like and subscribe. It doesn't matter what the star rating is. It would be really nice if it was five, but just vote your conscience, shall we say. Alex, where can people find you? You can find me on the internet. I'm uh, Alex Reveal at Twitter or just alexreveal.com. 
All right, fantastic. And ladies and gentlemen, we will see you again next week for Terms of Endearment. Until then, I know it's going to sound weird, but we will see you on the red carpet. <laughs>